Hello survivors and welcome to Now That's What I Call Survival Horror, the first aid spray show where we talk about the various soundtracks of the survival horror genre, sometimes Resident Evil, most of the time Resident Evil, but not today. Uh, my name is Cy and I am joined by Mr. Steve Vallance. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is going to be an episode of uh, some firsts for sure. This is the first now that's what I call survival horror where we won't be talking about a Resident Evil game we're going to be talking about Parasite Eve uh, and it's also a first because it's the first time where I'm hosting something and I've never played the game rather unfortunately I would really like to and I really wanted to before we recorded this but I just couldn't find the time uh, so Steve has picked his top 10 tracks from the Parasite Eve soundtrack uh, he's given me the context at least so I kind of know where these tracks play and I've looked a few of them up a little bit more myself as well just to make sure I know what's going on but as always with all of these episodes these are Steve's top 10 tracks these are his choices and his opinion if you disagree that's fantastic head down to the YouTube comments and let us know what tracks we missed out or what order you'd put them in etc etc so make it a conversation rather than an argument you know uh, Steve, you've been keen to talk about Harrisite Eve for a while, uh, so it seems an interesting place to start with the soundtrack. Excited or terrified? <laughs> I'm kind of excited because one, I'm not really in the fandom so much as like you know around it because mm. people you know in the circles we travel with survival horror games, generally people talk about Resident Evil or Silent Hill. Uh, you know, I would have thought most people would have pegged that first. Now that's what I call survival horror would have been a Silent Hill game rather than this, but. Uh, it's just something that I wanted to look at and talk about, especially Parasite Eve One, because as as people may know, it did come out in the UK. I had to like fandangle a flipping American PSN account to even play it. Mm. And I had a wild time. This is like a, a fairly newish experience to me. I only played the first one like three years ago, and right. uh, I don't know what the popular tracks are to the wider community as a whole. So I just went, yeah, I like these ones. These are really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, in in proper Midlandese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wondered that, because is this game still basically locked off? Are we still not, do we not have access to it even to today? Uh, for me, to do it legally and not emulate it, I had to yeah. get a... Uh, I, you can do it with a European PS3 uh, and a UK PS3. You had, I made an American right. account, and then I, got, uh, I had to go on to... I can't remember the website, but there's a website where you can get American codes for digital money. Right, and then yeah. put that on the American PSN and just download it, and it just runs. It runs fine, so it's just Square being uh, unpleasant. Mm. <laughs> One of a better term. It's a game that's so old, and I never realised why it hit over here because we've got the sequel, uh, yes. which is divisive. I think we even got the third one, which is even more divisive. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, hopefully, it's a game that we'll get to cover in its entirety in the future. So look out for that if that happens. It'll be on a bonus poll at some point because it's certainly. As you say, it deserves it. It's part of the survival horror genre. It is quite close to what we normally talk about. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this lands with our audience. If you are a Parasite Eve fan or if you've never played it and are curious uh, because you've not been able, like most of us over in the UK, uh, for a little bit more context, released in 1998 by well Square Enix, then Squaresoft. Um, so yeah. Produced by Sakaguchi of Final Fantasy fame, of all things. And uh, Tetsuro Nomura did the uh, character art and stuff like that. You may know the composer, Yoko Shimomura, for her later work on Kingdom Hearts, of all things. But uh, I think that's enough preamble. Steve, would you like to kick us off with your number 10, down to one? What's your number 10? Uh, number 10, Primal Eyes. 
So this track is the opening FMV, and uh, like all good eye-catch sequences, it comes with a nice funky guitar and some techno beats that lead into a sort of melancholic piano melody and a bit of the game's light motif. Light motif. I'm, I'm stealing bits from our <laughs> RE2 one because you know science just a new word to steal and stole it already. <laughs> and the track ends with a big ominous like doom, and it's got a few little charming notes. So. Yeah, I love this. It's uh, the music kind of reminds me of you know like arcade machines and stuff when they have mm. fighting games and they have like mm. intros that like cool little stingers and fancy FMV. It's um, like that but for a horror RPG, and it's just charming. It, it's, yeah, I think the closest thing we have in the mainline Resi series might be RE3's opening, but even then, that's very brief and it's like a not quite as catchy. <laughs> it's definitely not uh, as energetic as this, is it? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looking at it reminded me of RE3 and a little bit, a little bit of Sonic Adventure as well, with all the cars sort of backed up on the high, sort of on the bridge yeah. of New York stuff like that. It's very much reminded me of that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit all over the place in the best way, in in a good way. It is a sort of a good demonstration, I think, of the scope of the soundtrack for the most part. It's got that really distorted guitar. That lets you know that it's about to go down just before it goes nuts, and then it's like a huge genre mishmash, like you said. There's this crazy upbeat dance breakbeat stuff, which is going to come up a lot. The piano break, which in a weird way makes me think of Code Veronica. Mm. Uh, I don't know why that is, uh, and that's actually a general thing with this soundtrack, which we'll probably get into. Um, and yeah, the big ominous thud. Now, now you're in. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good way to kick off the game. Um, it's interesting watching it with the footage because I don't know if it suits the footage particularly <laughs> <laughs> like the actual video and the audio I didn't feel like it matched all that well but in terms of getting you into the sounds of Parasite Eve it's a good way to kick it off I think mm, Yeah, as, as a forward to our listeners expect a lot of uh, techno in the near future <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the cyber horror dance edition episode. This yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, we have EDM. <laughs> okay, so uh, number nine, and I apologise if I mispronounce this. Sei e mio amore sta vincino, or uh, according to Google, uh, if my beloved is near. Pun, but this this song is straight fire. No, it, it's this is it's, it's a weird one for me because it's it's a nice little classical piece and it introduces Eve onto the stage as she's like you know awakening and setting everyone on fire and it's just she's just operatically singing. It's very it reminds me of like Final Fantasy games when the main villain is doing their monologues and stuff, not necessarily to the main cast, but like ah my evil plan is mm. to take over the world and eat a biscuit, you know. Um, <laughs> It's, it's just got this, like, really, really, like, eeriness, which obviously sets the tone for the thing, and does something great, which is it establishes that all of Eve's main themes have got, like, this this imposingly creepy aria to them. And mm-hmm. I just kind of like it, and it's just like, oh, 
you know, it's uh, it's unsettling in the best possible way to start a game off. Yeah, it's quite interesting actually because you mentioned uh, light motif, which is definitely going to be a thing. But as well, something that I didn't think about was um, sort of character-specific instrumentation like that, which is really cool. And obviously, that's like a part of her character, as I understand it. Sort of like the opera singer persona is like a big part of who she is, or at least the body that she's inhabiting, as it were. Um, oh yeah, I'd say you know, not not to spoil anything for you and the listener that Eve definitely takes some traits from her host body, right? Uh, As, an air for the dramatic and theatrical, <laughs> right? And any time like a soundtrack can sort of meld with its story in that way is always good, isn't it? Really, you know, uh, which is nice. I think that the context is definitely what makes this creepy. Like this is music that really offsets what's happening during the game at the time because there's a scene of just an opera house and then people spontaneously combusting and it gets pretty grim to be honest it's a pretty grim state of affairs uh, if you played some really action-packed sort of music over the top of this it really changes the mood um and similarly i think if you played something that was intentionally i am evil you know really <laughs> <laughs> imposing you would also get a different effect but as it stands, I wouldn't say that, you know, listen to out of context, the music is particularly scary. It's the fact that it, with well, you know where it plays, it makes it scary, which makes is what makes it unsettling because it's it's not traditionally a scary piece of music. It's, it's a, you know, it's a rather pretty sort of simple opera track. Pretty is in beautiful and pretty as in simple, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's just strange to watch it being played over people combusting. And I think that that's definitely a thing. Maybe Parasite Eve sort of, setting the stage here because it's become a thing more and more in media where you get like take a pop, a pop song and make a creepy piano version and play it on the trailer you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, maybe Paris, like you beat them all to it in that way where it's like juxtaposition of the music versus the sort of action that's playing out in front of you I can just hear my media studies lecturer from like 20 years hence go and yell the word contrapuntal Con- what what <laughs> as in something that doesn't it doesn't like a uh, mash directly with the scene amazing um, yeah now i've learned a word <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's why people come onto this show to learn words <laughs> welcome to thesaurus aids Bra- oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, yeah so uh so number eight then <laughs> uh yeah our our next track is sotto voce or whisper Again, according to Google Translate. appears uh, very early on it's still like you know we haven't even left the opera area we're in the backstage of it and Aya the player character finds a oh should, do we have to give a spoiler warning for this I feel like we do yeah here's your spoiler warning <laughs> okay so Aya finds a diary uh, about the opera singer Melissa Pierce and to nutshell it she has an illness or she believes she has an illness and she's been taking medication for it in recent memory 
and keeps taking more and more to kind of uh, stabilize herself and counteract the effect. But what is actually happening is lowering her own like biological defenses against the Eve within her, the main villain, and she's taking over. And the way that it plays, the, the music kind of shifts as you read through the diary and realize that her mind is being taken over by it. And uh, yeah, it starts out as like a, a charming little drifting piano medley, and then Eve starts singing over it, which you know initially it's just oh that's a bit creepy. But when you know what's happening, it just the music feels like it's got its own will that's being wrenched out in my own head. It's um, mm. the actual piece itself kind of reminds me of like the RE1 Wesker reveal, when it's like, you know, you did a fine job, Barry, only mm. it's a bit more melodious and ominous rather than a distorted guitar. <laughs> uh, yeah, so unlike the other, the last track we talked about, this one is definitely creepy on purpose, I think. Um, mm. For the reasons that you've just said, it's uh, great use of instrumentation to tell a story. The singing coming in to ride over the top of the piano, which is Eve sort of coming to the front. Uh, it's yeah, this is really good. Um, and tiny peek behind the curtain, Steve. Literally, we, we listened to this clip as Steve announced it, just to remind ourselves and sort of get it in in your head. And Steve was like, "I'm getting wrapped up in it here," and I completely get that uh, because listening through this list, this is the track where I really started to connect with the soundtrack so far. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 got a really good storytelling vibe to it. It really invites you to think about the diary that you're reading a lot more because of the music. Uh, it's not overbearing or over the top, but it's just the right amount of just a little bit. Yeah, it's just about perfect, I think. Uh, this is the one that definitely feels like the most proto-Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> There's some early touches of Hollow Bastion in the piano here, I think. I think if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you'll pick that one out. But there you go, that's an aside. Uh, Steve, is this diary thing, is this basically Parasite Eve's equivalent of Itchy, yeah, itchy Tasty? I'm not sure in the fandom, but I, I was going to say, like, I, I would like to see what a Resident Evil parallel would this to be, and I would do it with, like, the itchy tasty thing, like, hearing someone, like, hearing the audible equivalent of someone's mind being wrenched away and replaced with hunger. Mm. I want to say, if it isn't in the wider scope, it definitely is a significant one to the plot, and it definitely yeah. is, uh, it gets its own theme, so it, it, there must be some people out there who rate it. I personally do, obviously, although it's on the list. <laughs> No, that's that's fair. That makes sense. Actually, great point there is, you know, how many files in any game can say they've got their own piece of music? Exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely important, which is really helpful because the music's really great. Uh, and again, as you've said, it's early game, so it's kind of setting things up there, which is probably even better on repeat playthroughs, I expect, once you've got the full story mapped out in your brain. Although, that being said, as someone who does, doesn't know the plot inside out and knows the bare basics, reading the diary, I... I totally got what was going on, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty grim in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> pretty grim in a good way. <laughs> it's horror uh, in it, so you know. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's lighten the mood then. Number seven, arise within you.
So this is the generic battle theme for like non-boss encounters and standard stuff like that really. First, we've got to come to terms with the fact that this is a survival horror game but it's also an action RPG, which means we're going to have random encounters plenty. In contrast to many other games of its ilk, this is surprisingly a very upbeat theme. If I had to put a feel to it, it's got like a weird discordant rhythm behind the music. It's like rattling around, uh, sorry, the rattling around, uh, they're like diddly 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 is the uh, various beasties and monsters like trying to face up against Aya. And then the main theme itself is like this really confident dance music. It kind of gives me the, the mental image of Aya as a fashion model with a gun in her hand just balleting around, like something <laughs> like out of Bayonetta in a way. So it's a very, in a horror game, it's very optimistic and it contrasts against all the ugly stuff that she's going to have to shoot and put down. <laughs> Bayonet is a really interesting comparison. I totally get that. It's, uh, yeah, interesting. Again, with this one, I, you put it on, you can't help but have a little bit of a little bit of a dance to it, to be honest. It, it's got a cool, infectious energy to it, certainly. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's It has a lot of grace. Yeah, this piece of music with these sort of very 90s pads that are on in the background. Very gorgeous stuff to give it. It's also got really unique chord progression, I'll say that much. Like, it's not just your standard thing. It kind of wanders just a little bit outside of the expected, which makes it kind of feel weird and ethereal. But it's not not in a like weird in an aggressive way. It's very understated. It's really interesting for a battle theme to hold back quite mm. to the degree that this does, which really... I don't know. I, I guess it surprised me a little bit, but I don't know what else. It, it's the perfect thing. I couldn't imagine like a really a Final Fantasy style battle theme for this game. Just exactly would not work at all. Yeah, like it, 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 it's it's understated in a way, mm. right? They're like whereas you know, Final Fantasy, you got to kick their head in, or they're gonna kill you. Not not quite on that level. Yeah, exactly. It's and that there's honestly I've. For a long time, I'll sing the praises of people that can hold back from throwing everything and the kitchen sink at music, which is admittedly not an easy thing to write, a very complex and bombastic piece of music. Uh, but I think it takes just as much skill to pull back and be like, let's just keep it as simple and effective as possible. Um, yeah, I think you've described sort of the various pieces going on here very well. And I think that it's aged remarkably well really considering that it does feel very late 90s uh <laughs> very. It does, very late 90s but because it's so unique um compared to all other battle themes like if you say battle theme in my head my yeah it'll go to some final fantasy or like the chrono trigger which is not necessarily aggressive but it's really funky and that kind of thing it's got a lot of drive to it and this this has got a drive of its own it's completely different um yeah, yeah i really really enjoyed this and not a classical instrument in sight. No pan pipes or flutes, no nothing. Nah, who needs them? <laughs> <laughs> Number six, then, is Out of Phase. There's one thing we can agree on, despite not necessarily being high energy or tonally extravagant in the RE games, there are these things called safe rooms, or safe rooms, never got memo. <laughs> the 
point is there's, there's there's generally these places that have nice little earworms that you know that bring you a calm amidst the mayhem and monsters. Yeah, out of phase is no different. It's used primarily at the New York Police Department, uh, but you know a few other safe areas, but mainly there. And it's a place where heroes catch a break and occasionally stock up. The tune itself, it follows that RE logic of being very soothing and not threatening while still being a little upbeat. I would argue it's maybe uh, melodically a little bit simple with long synthy tones punctuated by the odd piano note. But, you know, as for why it's so high up my list, it's it's the perfect morning coffee with checking your socials kind of a tune. <laughs> which, you know, it stands out amongst its peers just for that being so relaxed. You're like, oh yeah, yeah I'll just check the papers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, if you ever wondered what Steve uh, is listening to when he opened up Twitter first thing in the morning, now you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, like this is definitely its own thing compared to comparable things in the genre and stuff like that. It has its own vibe. You could theoretically like transpose the sort of main rhythmic melody the do 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 slow it down a bunch or whatever put it on a different instrument and it wouldn't be out of place in a resident evil game the sort of the actual melody of that thing but as a constructed piece it's uh what makes it great is that it fits so well with the parasite eve soundtrack um it's just a part of that dna um even though it has this kind of like calmness it's still got your glitchy drum beat stuff throughout which is very much been a theme so far and will continue to be a theme of the soundtrack um actually a little bit later into the track it really surprised me when an actual <laughs> structured kick and snare drum beat kicked in for a little while as opposed to just like some weird background drums um and yeah the touches of piano it is really groovy and i would argue uh, yeah, this is more a me thing than anything else but it, 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 it... It brings back mental images of the opening of Silent Hill 3, which is mm. a very different, very different tune, but it feels like it wouldn't be out of place with like early game Heather just being Heather, you know, um, walking yeah. around that mall. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. We've done a lot of comparing to Resident Evil, but pieces like this, yeah, they're, they're much more kin with Silent Hill, I think, even though, I think, yeah, I don't know, I guess Silent Hill does have some electronic tones to it um, in the same way. Oh, don't worry. When we, when we finally cover Silent Hill on this, I imagine we're all going to give people audible damage. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to those. Um, yeah, this and the battle theme, I think, were probably quite cutting edge at the time. Um, really using kind of popular music tropes a little bit with, the, as you say, the EDM stuff. This might well be my favourite tune out of the list that you've given, even though you said Dan played it a little bit and said it's a little bit simple. Um, as much as I love the creepy stuff we've had and we've still you know, got to come, I just really like this little piece of chill-out music. It's a little bit morose, but otherwise, yeah, it's just it's a nice, chill piece of music that works really well uh, for what it does. Well, you know, the next time you want your morning coffee, Si, or you need to check Twitter, <laughs> That's uh, right. fire that bad boy up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> also, yeah... I don't know if this is counts as a spoiler. The track is one of the few that makes it into its sequel. Like, so, oh, neat. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's cool. So number five, then, is Theme of Ayer.
this this is an oddly specific one, you know, because it's it's a soundtrack, Steve. You're great at that. In game, this piece of music is used to accompany the revelation that Aya is in fact just as crazy biologically as the main villain Eve. Like her cells are behaving in a completely different way. They're like they're cooperating with her rather than subverting and taking over, which is what happens with, with Eve. Now I'm sure like law heads or actual scientists about mitochondria and stuff can present the information more accurately, but basically what it's saying is her cells aren't out to take over and kill her, at least not yet. What really like sticks this one in my head though is this one feels so like cinematic and like it could be from a Carpenter movie and it's got Aya's leitmotif being punctured with various like scary dun-dun-dun crashing noises. As far as main character themes go, it's like one of the most ominous and foreboding, despite the fact it's technically moderately good news. Lovely stuff. <laughs> moderately good news is a great name for a track as well, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, I love a track that starts with a dun-dun-dun, or has like a rhythm like that. You know, like the Terminator theme is obviously like a, a big one for all those kind of things, but John Carpenter... It's great cool on this one, definitely. There's, there's some Halloween in this with that plinky, sort of prickly mm. piano and the the sort of dueling melody. So there's like two piano pieces playing over each other in this, um, which gives it this really interesting... I wouldn't call it claustrophobic feeling, but paranoia maybe, I guess, is the word. It's two piano lines kind of fighting for dominance and then those mm. clunking, foreboding drums. It's, it, is, it is weirdly ominous uh, and suits the trend that we've been on here for doing unexpected things with your standard... Oh, here's a battle theme. Here's a save room theme. Blah, 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 blah. You know, the main hero's theme probably shouldn't make us think just as much about the villain. But mm. given the context, it actually kind of works that it does. Yeah, and like... It feels like this could be the kind of thing that would play over a net, just monologuing what's happened to William and RE2. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's putting that kind of mental map to me. It's the same kind of scene, really. Someone's explaining stuff happening in the plot, but uh, yeah, that kind of creepy eeriness. Yeah, it is. Eerie is a good word for it, certainly. I, yeah, again, coming from a, a developer like Square, and of course, this is a horror game, so it's going to be different, but you're going to think of, when you think of like heroic themes that Square have done, you know, this is not what comes to mind immediately. So, again, really cool that they uh, trying something new and something different that's uh, very suitable for the game. Track four, Plosive Attack. up the definition of plosive to be honest <laughs> is it just explosive but misspelled <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought denoting a consonant that is produced by stopping the airflow using the lips teeth or palate followed by a sudden release of air t k p d g b like that i should know that really but there you go just like you learn all these things on this show <laughs> go ahead this is at least in my head is the counterpart to 
the battle theme arise within you. Like, this is the boss's theme, or a rising tension theme. It's used to that kind of blitter effect, like, you know, spoilers, the NYPD gets overrun, and there's a child, like, following a massively transformed dog trying to figure out what's going on. It's, it's a great bit. Like, and I love the way this sounds. Like, if Arise is Aya being a badass and doing the whole, like, Bayonetta thing against monsters that are scurried about, this is... This is the monster's turn taking the lead. It, it's got an ominous and it's droning with like a constant rising. I want to, I want to say like organ tone mm, against yeah. a uh, like a, a little hi hat beat. You know, this is if this was a Resident Evil game, this could easily pass for the you know part way through, but not at the end sequence like RE Zero's train. Yeah, interesting that you say that because the way that it rises up and sort of maintains that tension really made me think of. Your lab countdown themes. You're, I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think it's quite as intense as that, but it's uh, got that touch of desperation in there. Um, it's a lot darker than a lot of Final Fantasy music, but it follows on from stuff. I feel like we keep constantly mentioning it. I apologise, but yeah, stuff from like the Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack. Uh, it reminds me of that, but like a really dark, twisted version. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, if I was to like parallel it to that, it reminds me of like invading Galbadia. At least I think that's how I pronounce it. Yeah, that's, a, game that's a good one. There's a, there's a piece of music called... Uh, something, it's something about Bridge to Perdition or something like that, but it, it's the kind of like, you need to hurry up running kind of theme that this reminds me of from Final Fantasy VIII. But uh, yeah, th- I'm keen to point out that this one starts with the three hits that dun, 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 like Aya's theme does as well. Uh, and then like a swarm of angry musical bees I've written here. <laughs> you've got breakbeat drums, you've got your big synth strings that sort of slowly shift more and more sort of into minor chords, discordant keys in really interesting ways. And my favourite bit is in the sort of second half where it, bre- it sort of breaks down a little bit and takes a bit of a breather. You've got these really soaring synth sounds in the background, not soaring like through the air, soaring like <laughs> s-a-w um it's it's all quite suffocating really which makes for a great boss fight theme of course you know uh, it do- as we said it earlier with bombastic music it doesn't have to be bombastic to tell you how threatening something is you can just feel it with this so uh yeah you don't need all the bells and whistles i think that's fair you know it it, it... There's a part of me that wants to say it reminds me of like second malformation, malformation of G, but right. I feel like I like that a lot more. <laughs> Not that I don't like this, it's just, you know, RE2 is, you know, it's Steve's personal. No, for sure. I, ju- I just mean like they could have gone even more over the top with this. And again, it's just that just a little bit of restraint that makes it great. Like, yeah, well done to them for keeping the tension without it being turning into something like uh, Code Veronica's final boss fight theme. As much as I love it, it is so over the top uh, and wouldn't have been suitable. Now, now I'm kind of like, ooh, what, what would that have sounded like with the PS1 stuff? Oh, oh okay, <laughs> right. Probably like this. <laughs> Track three, then, is Surface of the Water. This might be a bit high ranked. Okay, I get it. But you know, 
this wasn't going to all be like pianos and arias and dance beats. Like this is meant to be a survival horror list, you know. Even if this one's a bit unusual. Right, this track it plays oddly enough in underwater sewer sewer areas. Like <laughs> while the places don't normally have much to talk about visually, you know that they're, they're wet, they're dank. This music, like damn if it doesn't get under my skin, like. If it sounds like you're walking into an alien hive or a nightmare realm or some other trespass into like an otherworld place, and it tickles that that little part of my brain, that, like it scares the daylights out of me. <laughs> okay, like you know, this terror could be behind any corner amidst the weird scrapes, synths, and guttural noises and crashing. I can't describe the music more unless like Silent Hill, Resident Evil, and Legacy of Kane had some kind of demented nightmare baby. <laughs> it's it's twisted. Yeah, freaky for sure. Freaky AF. Uh, as soon as I put this one on, I could turn. I couldn't help myself but turn this one up really loud and sort of let that horrible atmosphere wash over myself. It was, it deal. Oh God, it's good. Um, so there's basically like three things going on, and that sometimes we talked about obviously a lot of like creepy and horror music already, um, and sometimes get less is more. I keep keep kind of saying it, but with horror music, you need. Just a few things, otherwise it becomes too much like a normal song, and that's what takes it away. And this is only like three things: slow pads that kind of alternate between sort of like four, five, six, maybe notes tops. Uh, there's all the clanging and banging that you've just mentioned that you expect out of something like Silent Hill and Resident Evil. And then whatever the hell that thing that's going on at the front is, it sounds like a dog drowning down a long hallway. I don't know what that noise is. It's not human, and I don't like it. I feel like if uh, you know, if Alien got a a not a if Alien got its own Resident Evil equivalent game for sure. Not Alien Isolation, but literally a third person, like you know, fixed camera style. It's the kind of thing that play while you're walking in, mm. like Hadley's Hope or something. It's that kind of yeah. It's something really icky about it, isn't it? <laughs> for lack of a better term, just something yeah. really icky. Uh, yeah, no, do you know, don't 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 sell it short for being this high up in the pantheon of survival horror music. This is supremely underrated. Um, I wanted to play Parasite for this really badly to experience all this good stuff in context. Uh, this puts me off playing it in the right way. Gives <laughs> <laughs> me the no. willies. <laughs> Brilliant. It's up there with anything that Silent Hill and Resident Evil have ever done on the creepy end. This is fantastic. I get yeah, mm. possibly would be my number one spot if I was doing the soundtrack myself, uh, given the context that I have for it, of course. Uh, yeah, can't can't disagree with this at all. Fantastic. From a sewer level, no less. Jeez. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so track two. Femmes Fatales. I want to say with the whole Italian lilt, it, it might just be Femme Fatales. This is the penultimate boss theme. Like, you know, you've got Eve and Aya duking it out at the 
severed head of the Statue of Liberty, you know, this this could easily pass for like some kind of 90s Tekken theme in places. But it does also feel like an ending dance overture. <laughs> like, you know, Aya squaring off against some great Ultimecia lookalike while they're singing the entire time. Like, if the dance beat and the electro is Aya, then the theremin, or at least I think it's a theremin, and the, the, the weird singing have like a, a nice clash against it and it has to be Eve. You know, simply, it, it's nuts, bonkers, sci-fi nonsense, but that rhythm kind of makes my head nudge. <laughs> so we haven't really talked about the opera sound yet. I'm going to assume what they've actually done is sort of captured an actual singer uh, and then just kind of programmed it in however they want. It's essentially what you would call canned. Like, they've, they've captured a sound and then they can just play it however they like, which is why mm. it doesn't sound particularly human <laughs> because it is not just a recording of someone singing it's very much manipulated like that um this it's amazing how obnoxious it isn't to listen to uh that sound because stuff like that i think with early experimentations with that kind of stuff in this sort of era of video game uh can be a, a little bit grating for some uh but it's not obnoxious to listen to but it is unnerving it has this weird otherness to it because it's because you can clearly tell it's not just a recording of someone singing. It's been messed with, especially the pace that it's going and the way that it's clashing with all the synths in the background and all that kind of stuff. And all the synths sound really clean and pretty, but this sounds really weird and and just not right in, in a way. Uh, altogether, yeah. it, it sounds kind of stressed. This piece of music, which is really interesting. I mean, um, further context, this is probably a, in, the, in the blast radius of a nuclear bomb. So we don't even know if I is going to live through it. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, to be fair, I think anyone who's not played the game, you sell them on the crazy when you go, you know, they're having a fight at the, st- the seven head of the Statue of Living. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's normal. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's got like a weird Metal Gear energy. Yes. You know, and, you know, and, and Tekken. Like, you know, it feels very... Fighting game, but also espionage action thriller, <laughs> which it, is great for a survival horror game. Now that I think about it, <laughs> well, yeah, it is extremely nineties in that way. And um, yeah, I don't know if anything else. Maybe you can look at it as a bit of a celebration of the time, because yeah, Tekken and Metal Gear, these were all sort of rising franchises. Maybe it took nods from that. Maybe not. Maybe it's just all coincidence. Maybe it's all they're all influenced by what's going on in other places in music and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, this is uh, this one took some time, to be honest, for me to, to, to really connect with it. I think, again, if you have the context for it, that probably is better. Uh, through a good pair of headphones, though, you can sort of pick out all the pieces. Uh, it, it's definitely helped in that way. It, Despite being nuts, again, you've still got that restraint there. It is strangely serene for a penultimate boss fight. You expect mm. a lot more clashing and bashing orchestral percussion and stuff, but this has got like a yeah, a driving rhythm to it, which is interesting. Yeah, the, the clash of Aya and Eve. I feel like there's actually like two different two different tracks that are like having an argument. At least that's what it sounds like to me. Right, and that's again like it's kind of like a prevailing theme almost because that's something that we talked about earlier with the diary thing. So that seems like a very intentional choice um, and props for pulling that off because it can't be easy to do. So my my final pick, number one, is Influence of Deep.
so uh, mixing it up, we, we just had a track about Ira and Eve having a fight. And so we're going to have another one. <laughs> yeah. So if there was an ever, ever, like, overarching theme to this whole game, I feel like this track sums it up. Like, the, the piano gets weirdly subsumed for, like, weird snares, and it's a perfect metaphor for the, I want to say, mitochondrial rebellion against humanity. <laughs> It, this is used, I believe it's used twice. It's used in the first encounter with Eve in the Opera House, and then it's used during, rather spectacularly, you're on a horse that's on fire whilst riding a carriage, and Eve is literally throwing, like, lightning bolts and stuff at Aya. So it's 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 all kinds of manticle. <laughs> yeah, it's very nerve-wracking stuff, and you just, you just oh, wow, well, oh, yeah, I'm going to die. Still pagging my head to it, though. <laughs> My main uh, criticism, and I do have a criticism of number one because I'm brave like that, you know, I really <laughs> wish that the, like you said, the sound they used for Eve, like the singing, uh, I feel like she could she could have carried a bit of a better tone, you know, because it's it's almost like hanging almost near where Castlevania gets some of that kind of regalia. And mm. I would have like lifted it just that, that oomph to pure perfection for me. That is that is bold. That is bold. And I'm also going to go back uh, on something that I said in the last one a little bit here is whilst I didn't think generally it's an obnoxious sound that's off-putting anyway, at this point, Eve singing really loses it, doesn't it? <laughs> like, And I don't know if that's good or bad. Obviously, it depends on your whole perspective. But there's a whole section where I have no idea what the quote-unquote vocal is even doing. Like, It's going in some strange places. Um, yeah, really interesting choice for number one. Um, it's got all the drums are really high in the mix. You got that rhythmic bass pulses, gives it a lot more oomph. Is exactly the word I had written down as well. It's compared to some of the other stuff in this uh, soundtrack. This has got a lot more uh, energy, sort of quick, quicker energy and really obvious energy. Um, it's got a break in the beat that kind of reveals the sort of piano that's been pulsing underneath the entire time. And again. It's, that's nice because it feels like Aya's will to fight uh, whilst Eve is expressing her demented will over the top of everything. <laughs> By the way, your description of the boss fight, I had to look it up because I was like, that can't be what's actually happening. Yep, no, that's this is the most bizarre boss fight I've ever seen. Uh, out of context, it makes the music really odd, but... Uh, oh, yeah, it should be something much more epic, maybe. Like, or... Perhaps. Mm, I don't know. I mean, the, the only other thing, like, I mean, I, I did kind of skim over a bit, you know, Eve, Eve does get a few rubbish melee attacks in, but that, that's not as cool sounding as launching lightning bolts at a carriage while <laughs> on fire. But, I mean, it's still accurate. It is bizarre watching Aya trying to fight off this demonic lady on the back of a horse-drawn carriage. And you, you look at, If you listen to the music out of context, you go, this seems really weird. And then you see the context, and the context is weird, and you go, okay, it makes a little more sense now. <laughs> And you could feel the tension a lot more once you see the boss fight happening, so I completely get it. This is wild and weird. Um, to your point, though, there, your question there is, like, should it have been more... Do you feel like it should have been more traditionally epic, or is it better that it's, st it's still cutting its own path in this way? You see, I, I would like to have heard a perfected version, but the fact that the entire, like, through line of this game is pretty much Aya is... Uh, she runs on EDM. <laughs> or you know, or at least you know BPM like beats per minute. Right. So I don't know. Part of me, part of me wants to see like a, a an actual singer take a crack. But how do you go? Ooh, 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 <laughs> and like you know, in a way that's not obnoxious. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just I'm gonna sit my ass back down and go. No, sir, you're right. It's fine the way it is. <laughs> 
Do you know what was interesting is actually, and you could probably YouTube this because I'm sure there are super fans out there that have done like their own takes on this on various parts of the soundtrack, like you know, completely remade parts of the soundtrack. It did make me think, you know, it's really good that this Parasite Eve released on PS1 when it did. It, the tones that it's going for really suit the the hardware, I guess, and the kind of sound chips and stuff that's in the PlayStation. I'd be really intrigued what a direction a remake, were it to ever happen, would go with that kind of thing. Are you going to get the traditional full orchestrated version, at least for the orchestra oh, parts of the opera? Would that work? How would that work? Would it have... I'd be... I'm not like I'm not like poo-pooing the idea. It's like it'd be interesting to see someone kind of reinterpret it because I don't think doing it straight is the way to go. The music seems like a really important part of Parasite Eve and its identity. So I'd like to see someone kind of take it and uh, maybe do something similar but different, kind of interesting in their own way with it. At the risk of sounding completely childish, it feels like if they were to remake Silent, remake Silent Hill, Steve. That's a very different prospect. If they were going to remake Parasite Eve. Like it needs to have a bit of that. Tss, 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 oh, for sure. You know, uh, uh, it needs that danceness to it. Like, I'm not saying that the orchestral stuff shouldn't be in there, of course. But I mean, if I was to look at like '97, Final Fantasy VII, and look at where the Final Fantasy music is now, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's grand. Feels like it's lost a bit of its edge for me personally. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I preferred it when the synthy, dancey stuff, yeah, all the way through like seven, eight, nine, even a bit of ten. I would fear that they would go that route and it's all like, you know, big sweeping orchestra with, with someone just tapping like, a, I know, a theremin in the background. Right. Yeah, I'd be yeah. inclined to agree. It'd be really nice to see some of that modern orchestral stuff, but like really paying homage to the original soundtrack as much as possible and trying to imitate some of those sounds a little bit and kind of combining it that way. So maybe updating just kind of like the more classical elements the dance yeah. the dance stuff trying to keep it as as close as you can obviously bringing it up to 2022 standards but you know making it so it's still of that time uh again that music might exist fans may have made that uh, and i'd be interested to dig into it probably after mm. i actually play the game this time <laughs> <laughs> it's this uh, you know if there's one thing you can say about the soundtrack for definite it's that you know once you know what the the general quote-unquote sound font of it is you can't mistake of yeah that's that's for Paris, that eve that that's techno with arias and stuff it's kind of meant right for sure yeah very different from its peers <laughs> makes a great episode of this show um steve i understand there's some honorable mentions there are. Um, so I may have veered a bit into the dancey stuff and I thought my honourable mentions should go to more, um, should we say, dear, dare I say, horror-themed. We've got Mystery Notes, which is a theme that plays generally uh, in areas you are re-exploring when you like re-enter uh, Central Park, for example, or I believe when you go into the lower opera house. It's there. It's, just, it's, 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 it's an ominous, creepy thudding which you could probably switch out with something, maybe maybe it's not quite as grand as RE1's wandering about, but it feels like it could have been in that kind of thing. Mm. Then we've got Missing Perspective, which I imagine, I feel like Missing Perspective is going to be the one people are upset isn't on the quote-unquote main 10. Right. It's uh, the one that plays when you initially enter Central Park, and it's like this oh, rather charming piano melody with a bit of like swoop, uh, you know, Creepy, swoopy, swints, uh, swints? Yeah, like synths, but with a misspelled, mispronounced. 
and it's it you can tell it's themed for an ice level uh, central park in the game by the way is like covered in snow it's near christmas so right. it's all like it's snow sheet and the music's very has that kind of if you were to throw it through the lens of like the ice temple in a zelda game or something like that mm. through the the general behavior of how parasite's musics go and it's just a catchy like do 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 do, 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 do. But it, it kind of got on my uh, wick a bit after a while. I'm even grinding for certain equipment. Or right. I <laughs> hate that music. You know, when you go to an area enough, they just. I know people like it, but I cannot stand it. And my final honorable mention would be UB, which uh, stands for Ultimate Being, and it is the final boss theme. And it's like. Mm take everything that's crazy and wobbly about the synth in Aya's stuff and then almost orchestrate it and it's, it evolves over time because you know it's bonus for the boss fight the, the being transforms and so it gets more and more complex and because uh, you know Eve is dead at this point there is no like da 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 over it it's just ominous creepy and right. it, like, it does fit as a boss theme but I kind of feel like it comes out of nowhere it's charming how it shapeshifts and transforms and it has the, the weirdest, uh, when it's uh, trying to catch up with you at the end of the game, like follow-up. But it's just, it's not there for me. You know, I prefer the other stuff. But plus, this list has already got like three boss themes in it. I didn't want to overcook that pill. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you say that then. Um, because for you, I've got a couple of notes on two of them at least. UB is, uh, I just thought it was really good, actually. And this is, I, I suppose this is more in tune of what you would think for a final boss fight. Uh, so it's interesting that it kind of gets there by the end. The second half of it actually reminded me of Castlevania with how grand mm. it is. Um, missing perspective. Oh, oh, sorry, go on. I was like, no, no it is good. Like, uh, yeah. the, 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 you know, it is good. It's just I feel like the other like boss themes better. had more of a thing to me. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, we actually joked at one point that I should pick the honourable mentions without, without any context, just, you know... Um, and I was listening to the soundtrack in general while doing some work, and uh, this was one that I picked out for my honourable mentions for Missing Perspective. Uh, no word of a lie, that was the one that I heard and went, that's an honourable mention, definitely. Uh, because it just stands out about, the, again, without the context, uh, just how good it is. It feels like a complete song. It's got all, all kinds of different moods attached to it. Pressure, desperation, feels a bit investigatory. It's also a little bit playful. I just thoroughly enjoyed it as a piece of music. It's just funny that you picked it out as well. Mm, yeah, like I said, I, it would have been on the list proper if it weren't for the fact that I was grinding for a certain <laughs> item to the point where the music just, you, you just learn to hate it. Yeah, we've all had those. We've all had those. I'm sure there are plenty of people right now in the comments that are like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I love no, it! not this one! <laughs> to which I say, grind 300 drunk for a Desert Eagle and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> and again, these are all... Steve's opinions on the Parasite Eve soundtrack. So if you've disagreed with this list, that is fantastic. By all means, let us know what you would have included or not included down in the YouTube comments below. This was thoroughly enjoyable and completely different. I hope and I haven't offended any Parasite Eve fans <laughs> with well, my uh, half, half-cooked opinions. Well, well I'll, I'll, I'll turn around and say, like, I, I, I'll offend you. You know, let's <laughs> argue civilly. And you can tell me more about this franchise that I've barely had access to. Square... <laughs> okay well 
Hopefully in the future we'll get to talk about this game as a piece. Hint, hint to our patrons. If you'd like to help this happen, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. And when we hit certain social goals, bonus polls do come up. Parasite Eve is a guaranteed feature at some point. So vote for it if you'd like to see us cover the game in full on the podcast. Uh, and of course, if you are supporting us at the Tyrant level, which is just $5 a month, you get early access to all episodes of Now That's What I Call Survival Horror, as well as a bunch of other content that we do because we do way too much at this point uh <laughs> steve thank you for joining me for this episode i thoroughly enjoyed it oh well you know it's been a blast a, a uh <laughs> level of <laughs> I, I can't do outro so no, yeah. That was just, yeah that was it just yeah all right yeah, thanks and, for having me and cut <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you all for joining us and have a good week <laughs>